Jesus has like four biographies about him in the New Testament. If you're new to church, we call them gospels, but they're biographies. One's by Matthew guy, one's by Mark, one's by Luke, one's by a guy named John Mark. And so these biographies about Jesus tell his stories. We're going to look at a story today about Jesus from um, a biography by John, or really his name is John Mark. And in most of these stories, Jesus is the hero, right? Yeah, that's, that's why we're here. That's good. One person's here to worship Jesus. The rest of you, go back to Starbucks. And so, um, but today, today, there's somebody else who's really, I think, the star of the story. And I know Jesus turns water into wine, and that's pretty cool, and that makes you the hero. But, but it's his mother. It's his mother today that really is the star of this amazing story. And I want to tell you about his mother. I want to tell you how his mother was involved in this whole story. And we always focus on Jesus turning the water into wine. But today, if it hadn't been for Mary, I'm not sure he would have started at that particular time. So if you would, um, stand up. And I want to ask you to pray for yourself. To pray for yourself that you can hear what God has to say to you today through about 12 different verses of Scripture. So if you would, pray for about 30 seconds, and then stay standing, and we're going to read the whole story together, and then we'll pick it apart. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Circle the word mother in your mind. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited. Circle that word invited. To the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Why are you getting me involved, Mom? Jesus replied, my hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood sticks, stone, water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonially washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, you know, um, everybody brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you, and he's scratching his head, have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And after his disciples believed in him... After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and disciples, and there he stayed for a few days. Tell two or three people around you good morning, and then have a seat and get ready to study the scriptures.
So we start off with a wedding. It took place at a certain place called Cana of Galilee, about five miles from where Mary and Jesus lived, used to live, and where Jesus grew up. And Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and the disciples had also been what? Invited. Don't miss that. They had been invited. Somebody likes Jesus, and somebody likes Jesus' mother. Now, you only invite people to a wedding that you like, right? Unless they're family and you have to, but, but more, more or less, you, you invite people that you like. So don't miss the first piece of this. Jesus and mom have been invited. Somebody likes them. Somebody wants them. Somebody wants them to hang out with them. They've been invited to the wedding. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. If you're new with us this morning, you can download a Harborside app and you can fill these blanks in. Follow along with me if you want to. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. You work with somebody because you were invited. You married somebody because he invited you to dinner. You do a lot of things that you do because you are invited. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. Every time Erica, our oldest, invites us for dinner, you don't have to ask me twice. Phenomenal cook. Just recently, Ethan, our son, invited me to go to this thing called Nine Rounds. Now, I don't know why I did it, but he invited me. It's like a boxing thing, and you go to Nine Rounds, and you're working out, and every one of these rounds, you're boxing something, is three minutes of pure hell. Just three minutes of hell. <laughs> I, I don't know why I said yes. And then I thought, I do know why I said yes. Because he, he invited me. It's, it's really a great workout. And, and then Emily, a couple of Christmases ago, she said, I, I want you to run a, a, a half marathon with me. I thought, I don't want to run a half marathon. Why, why would I do that? And I did it because she, she invited me. Very recently, Denise and I went into underground caves where it's freezing temperatures. We're in the water for over an hour. You can't see anything. You've got flashlights. Bats are flying all around your head. And I'm thinking to myself, as we're in there freezing to death, why did I do this? Because Denise invited me. And then after it was over, I'm telling everybody how great it was. What's up with that? It was freezing. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. 82% of all people who come to church, 82% come because they have been invited. It takes seven to nine invitations before someone comes. Seven to nine. We ask somebody once or twice, we give up. Seven to nine invitations before somebody ever came. Somebody invited you to a Bible study. Somebody invited you to church. 82% of you were invited by somebody to come to church. Somebody invited you to join a fast. I I tried to think about how many people have I prayed for the last 35 years, and I I have no idea. Let's say 10,000. It's just a a guess. In 10,000 people that I have been asked, that I have prayed for, and I've said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? 10,000 people... I can't think of more than maybe one and maybe two people out of 10,000 people who have said, no, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I don't need you to pray for me. I'm good. Nobody does that. 
You never underestimate the power of an invitation. Jesus and his mom have been invited to a wedding. And the power that you and I have to invite our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, there's such power. I want to invite you to our connect group. I want, you to invite, I want to invite you to a Bible study. There's tremendous power in an invitation. Well, they run out of wine, and they can't go to Publix and just, you know, restock quickly. And these are like week-long celebrations. They're not like, you know, a couple-hour receptions that we have. These are week-long celebrations. They've run out of wine, and Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Why did she ask? Why did she say that? Why didn't mom go to the dad who's like running and paying for the wedding? Why didn't, why didn't she go to the master of the ceremonies? Why did she go to Jesus? They've got no more wine. And Jesus is like, mom, he's 30 years old. This is a great story. He's 30 years old. Mom, why now? Why me? I'm not ready. You ever had your mom kind of push you? Tell you you're ready for something and you don't think you're ready for it? This is the story with Jesus. Here's his mother. I know in a minute he's going to turn water into wine. He's a hero. I get that. But I love his mom in this story. Because you know what she's doing? She's waiting. She knows Gabriel came to her 30-some years ago. She knows the Holy Spirit conceived that child inside of her. And she's been waiting for 30 years for him to step up. It is time, son. It is time. There's a problem. This is socially embarrassing. We're only five minutes from home, which so we assume that she knew everybody in the village. And mama wants the boy to fix the problem. And she knows that he can. She knows that he can. My hour's not yet come, mom. This is a great story. Mom, I'm not supposed to start the whole reveal who I am, tell everybody I'm the Messiah thing. Here we see the humanity of Jesus. His mother said to the servants, why didn't she go to the dad? Why didn't she go to the master of the banquet? Why didn't she go to somebody who had authority? She goes to the lowly servants. And she says, just, just do whatever he tells you. By the way, that's a really good piece of advice. Just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. If he got up and got out of the grave, I'm going with the guy who got up and got out of the grave. That's who I'm going with. Anything Jesus tells you to do, that's, you're safe just following that incredible advice. Just, just do whatever he tells you to do. It's an amazing story by this woman. And she knows it's time. She knows it's been 30 years. She knows what the angel Gabriel said. And here's what she does. She pays him the ultimate compliment. She pays him the ultimate compliment. Because again, Mary's been through some hard times. Mary didn't have the normal pregnancy. She didn't have like the whole normal delivery like in the hometown hospital. Mary had a journey. Mary had a trip. They had to leave. They had to flee Egypt because Herod was out to kill them. Nothing's been normal. The whole three-bedroom, two-picket fence, picket fence two-car garage, she hadn't had any of that. And all these traumas have made Mary tough. Just do whatever he tells you to do, because he can fix it. He's my son. And Jesus, I can almost hear this, Jesus, it's time for you to step up. Not too many people tell Jesus what to do in the New Testament, do they? 
and get away with it. It's time for you, baby boy, to step up and step up now. So we should never underestimate the power of a well-timed compliment. We've all experienced that. Every one of us in this room, we've been touched by a compliment. A coach, a teacher, a mom, a dad, a grandparent. All of us in this room have been impacted. And that well-timed compliment, you can paint. I didn't know you could sing. You write really well. You're fast. You ever thought about running? A well-timed compliment has impacted your life, has impacted my life. And you think about the compliment that she's paying to to him. Just just do whatever he tells you to do. And, And think about the power that you and I have by complimenting the people in our life. I preached on baptism about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago and I just hadn't done it in a couple years and thought it was time to kind of give a historical perspective because we got some people that sprinkle and some people that dunk and I said some people that dry clean and we just got all these different kinds of things. So I, I talked about baptism and I, I, I got a, a 95 word card from an 85 year old woman named Barbara Cook. And Barbara's a widow and Barbara and her husband were ministers in Indiana for a long time and he died, and reti- he retired and died, and then she moved here to our church. And Barbara serves every week during the mo- mornings or afternoon shifts at the guest service desk, sometimes morning, sometimes afternoon, whatever the shift requires. And, and Barbara writes me a 95-word, a well-timed compliment about that sermon and that service And then she talks about how she's found her home and she's found her community. Now, do you think this means a lot to me? I get a lot of criticism, so I'm going to keep this one. I just throw the criticism away. I just push delete. But but the point is, forget the criticism. The the, the point is, there's such power in a well-timed compliment. And she knew, she knew it was time for him to step up. So there's six stone water jars. Don't miss the word stone. Why, why, why weren't they pottery? Because these stone jars were not something you would ever drink from. They were the, jar, they were the, the stone jars used for ceremonially cleansing your hands. In other words, you come in from the fields, you come in from the city with dirty hands. You would never drink from these jars. They were unclean. And Jesus can take that which is unclean and he can pour pure holiness into it. And that's your story. That's my story. It's exactly what he's done in my life and your life. He's taken my unclean vessel, your unclean vessel. He doesn't care what the vessel is. And he can make it, oh man, that'll preach. He'll make it something good. So there's these stone, not porcelain, stone water jars. Each holding a whole bunch of, of gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, just fill the jars with water. And so they fill them up. He said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they, they do. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He didn't know where it came from, but the servants did. Then he calls the bridegroom aside because he's confused. 
This isn't protocol. You get everybody a little loose, liquored up a little bit, and then you serve the cheap stuff. That's not what happens in this story. Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But, but, but not you. You haven't done this. You've saved the best till last. And, of course, that's, again, a major point of the story. All these sacrifices of the Old Testament were good and great, but now the Lamb of God has come to take away the sins of the world. And now Jesus is the great one. The best is now here in flesh and blood, God incarnate. You've saved the best till now. And what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. And we always tell this story of what Jesus did. What if mama hadn't gotten involved? What if mama hadn't said, it's time. It's time for you to step up. It's time. I'm sure it would have all happened, but would it have happened that day? I don't know. And the story ends with this. He goes down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and the disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. But here's the whole point about this. It's time for you to step up. It's always time for you to step up. Nobody drifts north. And you just, yeah, no, uh-huh, I'm with you. No, nobody drifts north. We drift, we drift south, don't we? It, it, it's time. And your objections are, I'm so messed up, I'm an unclean vessel, how can I step up? I've been stepped on. How can I step up? I've been stepped over. And, and you're, you're waiting for one day when or one day then, and, and that one day will never come. You wait for one day then and one day when, it will never come. And it doesn't matter if you're in school, it doesn't matter if you're in work, it doesn't matter if you're in a neighborhood, it doesn't matter where you are in life, God is calling you to step up today. Today is your day to step up. And it doesn't matter the context, but it's a universal request to step up. And when we partner with God, the supernatural just gets involved in our lives, and your best becomes much better. You're better than your best when God gets involved in your life. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to give you my heart. I don't know where you're supposed to step up, but I do know the people who can help you step up. And I want to ask them to come and join me on stage right now. That was a good cue. This is our staff. And I want, I want you to meet our staff. I want you to know who they are. And if you want to partner with our staff and step up in an area, you want some help, you want some assistance, and then we're going to call the interns out in just a minute. I love our interns this summer. And we started an internship about four or five years ago, and our interns are not grunts. We are teaching our interns all week long. We are pouring into our interns all week long. And it's just been a phenomenal experience the last three or four summers, and we're going to continue uh, to do this. Are we all out here? Not yet. I'll start on this end. All right. So first of all, um, we've got our, our children's pod. And our children's pod goes from Maddie, Pam, Tricia, Kylie, to Elisa. And uh, will you give it up for them? They have hundreds of kids every single Sunday morning. So um, they want to partner with you. 
They want your kids. They want you. If you would love to teach and learn the Bible and learn the stories and learn how to do this, they are equipped to help you with this area. So that, that's this crew right here. Then we've got um, middle school, high school, and young adult. So we've got Griffin, Stephen, Jenny, and Chelsea. So this four right here are responsible for a big age group. Will you give it up for them as well? Middle school, high school, young adult, tonight's the now night. Is, is it going to be good? Better be, absolutely. Are, are you preaching? I am preaching, yes. All right, we'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank All right. You. <laughs> so tonight's the now night. Um, man, it's only 18 to 35. Am I close? You can come. I can come. All right. That's, that's a good answer. That's a real good answer. Yes. Uh, anyway, this is a group that just knocks it out of the park. Then we've got our wedding ministry. We have Crystal and Tom and Tom. And they are responsible for booking all these weddings, which are just coming in like wildfire. Um, and all the premarital and postmarital equipping. I had a wedding yesterday, and I was asking them about their marriage mentors. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. They're both, the couple I had yesterday, both unchurched. And they're coming back to do the, the two sessions postmarital. So this is a great ministry. Would you give it up for them? Chris and Tom. Our, our admin and facilities go through a Dean, Eric, Matt, Joy, Tammy, and Heidi. So it goes through here. This is safety. This is parking. This is air conditioning. This is paying our bills. Uh, we actually pay our bills. People, yeah, we do. People, <laughs> people love that. Uh, Tammy, you know, don't mess with Tammy. She pays our bills on time, and she, she gets it done. But this is a, a tremendous crew. If you'd love to work in parking, if you'd like to work in safety, go to the guest services desk today afterwards, and there's service opportunities. This is my assistant, Karen. Will you give it up for Karen? I drive Karen absolutely nuts, so would you pray for her on a regular basis? So, Karen, Sarah, Michelle, and also we've got Tom Goodlett right here. <laughs> the infamous Tom. He was the only staff member who couldn't be here today. So, we got Tom on the screen. He actually looks better on the screen than he does. Uh, so, this is connect groups. This is discipleship. This is baptisms at the beach. This is membership. Um, this is a big area. This is awesome. Then we've got Wesley and Lisette. And Wesley and Lisette are in outreach I don't know what we do that isn't outreach, but this is specifically reaching out. Uh, we're getting ready to do a whole bunch of cool things with the Youth Share Branch. You heard that in July. But also in September, we start our mentoring uh, with Project Primavera and all the different mentoring that we do as a church. And so um, this is just a great, a great group. And so Lisette is also with the production team. Would you give it up for the production team right here? <laughs> so... We've got um, Lisette, which I really helped her. I taught Lisette how to sing. <laughs> I, really, I really did. No, I didn't. Well, we got Lisette, Hans, Ethan, Andrew, Kalen, uh, uh, Adrian, Joy, John, Mark, and Dan. And this, this crew, there's less than 1% of all churches that can write their own music. There, there's very, very few churches that can actually do a live recording. There's very few churches that can write their own music. Within two years, we'll be singing all our own music that we're getting from your stories. We're writing music based on your stories and your life. 
and then we're going to go global, global brand in October. The album will be done. This crew will probably be traveling, going to the four corners of the world, and sharing the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ all over the world. So will you give it up for the production team? If you're new here, we don't have one worship leader. We have multiple worship leaders. We don't have one teaching pastor. We have five or six teaching pastors. So let's see. Um, Ethan's, raise your hand. Ethan's a teaching pastor. Tom's a teaching pastor. Tom Goodlett is a teaching pastor. Doesn't he look much better right there? Uh, Stephen and Griffin, teaching pastors. So again, our, our, our strategy is... We think you're better off by having multiple people teaching and multiple people being able to, to help you with the Word of God. All right, let's bring our interns out. Give it up for our interns. Come on, guys. We, we are so proud of these interns. They are learning. They are growing. They are being equipped. They are being challenged. They are being trained. Um, our elders come during the week, and our elders pour into them. Um, several of us will be helping them, assisting them, and uh, what an incredible, good-looking group uh, you all are. And I, we, we honestly could not be more proud of you guys. So, Isaac, kick it off. Tell us who you are, if you would. I'm Isaac. <laughs> good morning. I'm Jenna. Hi, I'm Haverly. Hi, I'm JC. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Hi, I'm Laura. Good morning, I'm Grace. Hi, I'm Jackson. Hi, I'm Kate. I'm Shay. Hi, I'm Noah. Hello, I'm Cecilia. Hello, I'm Max. Morning, my name's Lindsay. Hi, I'm Chloe. Hi, I'm Orlando. Hi, everyone, I'm Brindley. Hi, I'm Maddie. Uh, hi, I'm Sal. Greetings, my name's Tyler. <laughs> hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Rami. Give it up. So where do you need to step up? I need to what? what? What's next? What, as you prayed for yourself as we started the message, that you would listen to the Holy Spirit? And where's the Spirit tugging on your heart right now? Where's he whispering? I, I need to step up. Do you need to give your life to Christ? Absolutely, that's a great place to start. Do you need to be baptized? Sign up for our next beach baptism. Do you need to get involved in connect groups? Do you need to become a servant? Not just a consumer, but a servant with one of these areas, with children, with students, with young adults with outreach. What do you need to do? I need to what? It's not one day when. It's, it's not someday. It, it's, it's today. And Jesus' mother said, just do whatever he tells you to do. That's all you need to do today. All you need to do today is do exactly what Jesus is telling you to do. And we'll help you. We would love to partner with you. These are the most amazing, skilled, gifted, humble, smart people I know. 
And I get to rub shoulders with them and work with them every single day. It's an incredible privilege. What do you need to do next? Step up. Step up. Step up. Well, let's stand if you would. And I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come down front. And they will be down here to pray over you and to pray with you. And um, I, I mean this. I, I could not be more proud of this team right here. I it's your church. That's kind of funny, Jesus, because Mama had to get you going. It's a great story. And thank you. Thank you for being fully God and fully man. And we see a little bit of your humanity in the first part of the story, but oh my goodness, we see your divinity and we worship you today. In your name we pray, amen. amen. God bless you. Thanks.